Hello and welcome to the Machinery Safety Matters podcast with your host Barry Shepherd. Today I want to talk to you about the essential characteristics of a machine nameplate. It is a very important part of a machine and like the declaration it can reveal an awful lot of information, especially if you know what to look for and how to interpret the details. This podcast is going to arm you with the right knowledge and understanding to be able to look at the nameplate and get a deeper understanding of how diligent the manufacturer was when they made your machine. Every machine that claims any sort of conformity must at the very least have a nameplate on it. There are certain characteristics that must be present on it. A nameplate is the one certain thing that ties your machine to the declaration of conformity and is an essential part of the machinery compliance. Without the nameplate, there will at some point be doubt between the documentation you have and the machine it refers to. It must be clearly visible and indelible and easy to read. A handwritten piece of paper stuck on with a piece of sticky tape would be the very opposite of what is required. It needs to be something that is going to stay with the machine for the whole life and be clear and easy to see. It needs to be something that is going to stay with the machine for the whole life and be clear and in an easy to see location to everyone who needs to read it in many years to come. Not all machinery has the right information contained on the nameplate. Sometimes this could be a clerical error. Sometimes this could be because there is a lack of knowledge from the manufacturer or may have been produced fraudulently. As soon as you physically receive your machine, you need to check that the paperwork matches the actual machine and there are simple checks that you can make to understand and get a feel for what you have purchased. The following characteristics are essential markings to be shown on a nameplate. The first thing that has to be on there is the business name and full address of the manufacturer and where applicable the authorised representative. This information is one of the very first things to feature on the nameplate and cross-referencing this at least confirms you have the right manufacturer and machine. Remember, if the machine has been imported into your country and the manufacturer is not from your economic region, then you should expect to see the authorised representative details. If this information is missing, then this could be an indication that the process might not have been done correctly and could give you other clues to non-conformities. However, do bear in mind that this information might not fit on the plate, especially if the machine is particularly small, in which case the name and address may just feature in the manual. The second thing I would look for is the designation of the machinery. Now this is a short description or name of the machine that would be recognised throughout the industry. So for example, I would expect to see something like lathe, or palletizer, robot, conveyor, etc. That kind of description. But the name must be the same as that on the Declaration of Conformity or Declaration of Incorporation and should allow you to further confirm and identify the machine. The third thing that I would look for is that the nameplate should have a conformity mark on it to indicate that it meets the relative statutory documents. For example, If it's a machine supplied for the use in in Europe, then it will have a CE mark on it. If it is for the UK, it must have a UK CA mark on it. 
Make sure that you check and understand which conformity mark is relevant to your country and that it is present. It's worth noting here that machines that are incomplete and come with a declaration of incorporation will not have a conformity mark on it as there are still extra work that needs to be done on the machine to make it compliant to the relevant mark. Again, check the declaration so that you know what to expect. The fourth thing that I would look for is to check that there's a name or a model of the machine. This is a manufacturer's internal name that they give it. They usually give it a name followed by a number. Think of your car manufacturers, for example. The fifth thing that I would look for is a serial number, and this needs to be on the nameplate so that you can identify it to the declaration of conformity. Make sure that it either matches or that it falls within the range that is indicated on the declaration. The sixth thing that I would look for is the year of construction. It's very important as it should coincide with the release of the relevant declaration. Sometimes declarations will have their dates changed on it to make it look like it's an up-to-date machine, but fail to realise that the reference to the conformity has changed. I've seen a lot of machines with references to outdated directives, but with dates from the last six months on the plate or DOI. Again, this is another telltale sign that the manufacturer may not be as diligent as you had hoped, or they're made out in the sales meeting and it's easy to check too. The above information must feature on a machine nameplate. However, the following are only relevant where applicable. If the machine is designed to be used in a potentially explosive environment, then it may need to have a reference to ATEX for a machine based in the EU. If the machine is based in the UK, then it must conform to the equipment and protective systems intended for use in potentially explosive atmosphere regulations 2016. The next extra piece of information that might feature on the nameplate could be the mass of the machinery. This will be on the nameplate when the part is handled with lifting equipment so that the user can select the correct lifting equipment. All of the above information must be accurate and true to the design and instructions supplied with the machine and must be checked by the manufacturer and user to ensure that directives, regulations and standards that become out of date are not referenced. The nameplate must also not be predated to cover up errors or post-dated in anticipation of putting into service. Just be aware that standards and directives can and do change periodically. Here's a summary of what I've just talked about. Remember, there's six essential characteristics that need to feature on a nameplate. The first thing, business name and address, the manufacturer or importer, if it's from outside of your economic area. Number two, the designation of machinery as it would be known in the industry. Number three, a marking or conformity, CE or UKCA if applicable. Number four, a machine name or model number as chosen by the manufacturer. Number five, a serial number that matches the documentation or within a specific range. And number six, the year that it was put into service. Also check relevance to other directives. If it is to be used with lifting equipment, it may need to have its mass indicated on there. If you follow the above guidance, then you can be sure that you have met the requirements of checking the machine nameplate. Thanks for listening to me. 
and if you know of anyone who would benefit from what I have just discussed, then please do share it. Also, if you have anything you would like to hear me discuss in an upcoming podcast, drop me a line in the usual social media channels. Also check the show notes for important resources and links. If you liked it, then please hit that subscribe button. This helps make the show grow to reach more and get more people talking about machinery safety. So when machinery safety matters, remember the Machinery Safety Matters podcast. Until next time, bye for now.